0: And now as we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous! Praise befits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all their host by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory, and by its great might, it cannot save. Truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What do you think God sees when God sees us? Next year, NASA is planning to launch a spacecraft to enter Jupiter's orbit. The Clipper will fly by Europa, one of Jupiter's moons, about 50 times and send back data to Earth. Scientists hope this data will help them determine whether this icy moon has the necessary ingredients to sustain life. But the Clipper won't be your usual space shuttle. Engraved on the side of the spacecraft in the poet's own handwriting will be a poem by U.S. poet laureate Ada Limon commissioned by NASA for the Clipper's 1.8-billion-mile journey. The poem is titled, In Praise of Mystery, a poem for Europa. Arching under the night sky, inky with black expansiveness, we point to the planets we know. We pin quick wishes on stars. From Earth, we read the sky as if it is an unerring book of the universe, expert and evident. Still, there are mysteries below our sky. The whale song, the songbird singing its call in the bough of a wind-shaken tree. We are creatures of constant awe. Curious at beauty, at leaf and blossom, at grief and pleasure, sun and shadow. And it is not darkness that unites us, not the cold distance of space, but the offering of water. Each drop of rain, each rivulet, each pulse, each vein. O second moon, we too are made of water, a vast and beckoning seas, we too are made of wonders, of great and ordinary loves, of small invisible worlds of a need to call out through the dark. Like Lamone's poem, Psalm 33 travels between the perspective of human beings on earth contemplating the wonders of creation and the perspective of someone looking back at the earth to consider all the intricate details of life on our planet and of the perils of humanity. This psalm, like Psalm 8, which we heard last week, invites us to lean in to wonder and awe. That sense of overwhelm, that's number 18 for those who were keeping track last week, That sense of overwhelm we feel when we grapple with the vastness of the universe and our place in it. It also describes what God might see when God looks at earth. The psalmist writes, The Lord looks down from heaven, he sees all humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Imagine with the psalmist for a moment what God sees when God looks upon the earth, the council of nations, the plans of the peoples, great armies and warriors, all the ways we use might to prove our strength and try to save ourselves. But the psalmist concludes there is no salvation in nations or people, in military might or brute human strength. The Lord is our strength and our shield. Nothing else on earth or in heaven can save us. God's righteousness and justice are stronger than any human attempt at domination. And this is why we are invited not just to a sense of wonder and overwhelm, but even to something like fear, standing in awe, That God is God and we are not, admitting that we need God and even more, we need God's perspective. We need to consider what God sees in order to figure out how to find hope and patience and meaning in the face of all the particular challenges of being human on planet Earth. Last Tuesday night, Derek and I went to Charlottesville to see a concert featuring the great Mavis Staples, formerly of the Staples family singers, and the band Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue, whose front man is Troy Andrews, a singer and trombonist from New Orleans. During dinner with friends, we got the first alert of an active shooter in Monroe Park, Not long after, we learned that RPS schools would be closed on Wednesday because of the shooting following Huguenot High School's graduation. During the concert, another alert came in that seven people had been injured in the shooting, two critically. We read that horrible news standing there in this beautiful outdoor venue surrounded by people delighting at the music. And just at that moment, Mavis Staples was singing a song with the refrain, things gotta change around here. After Staples left the stage, the row of seats in front of us, which had been empty so far, filled up with teenage boys from the Albemarle High School Marching Band, which had played before the concert. I was a little surprised to see high schoolers so obviously excited for a concert of a jazz trombonist, but that was because I didn't know anything yet about trombone shorty. When Troy Andrews took the stage, it all started to make sense. First of all, he was not, in fact, short. He was tall, young, cool, and just unbelievably talented. He played the trombone in a way I did not know was possible, which I guess can happen when someone puts it in your hand when you're four years old. Andrews also sang and played the trumpet and danced around the stage, and his bandmates matched his talent. There were singers, saxophone, and guitar players, a keyboardist, two drummers. But it was clear those teenagers standing in front of us were there for trombone shorty. When he played, they danced and they screamed and they exchanged looks with each other that said, can you believe he can do that? At one point, this whole row of kids started swaying and clapping in unison. And that's when Trombone Shorty spotted them from the stage and he pointed at them and he nodded to them. I see you, that nod said. And then during one of the songs, I saw Andrew's head backstage. I figured he might need a drink of water or maybe he was going to lie down for a minute. He was working hard. But then I heard the sound of that trombone again and I looked around and I saw the, the slide of the trombone moving along the front row and coming up the side aisle toward us. He stopped right at that row in front of us and climbed up on a chair and started playing, and all those nerdy band kids, and I was a nerdy orchestra kid, so I can say that, they absolutely lost their minds. Andrews had seen them from the stage, he had come down, and he was with them, playing for them. I see you. He said, through his presence and his music, I see you. It was clearly a highlight of these kids' lives so far to be in such close proximity to someone they idolized. It was a highlight of mine just watching them, especially knowing all the challenges these young people face in a world that so often feels incredibly hostile And profoundly unsafe. For these few moments, they were seen and acknowledged and affirmed for who they were. And it was pure, unadulterated love and joy. What do you think God sees when God sees us? The psalmist said, God sees our plans, our deeds, our hearts which means God sees our attempts to control our vanity and our daily, hourly, tightrope walk between faith and fear, hope and despair. God sees it all. After the week we've just endured, a week in which gun violence stole not only life itself— but the joy and accomplishment of high school graduation for some and the end of the school year for many others, God sees the families and the students, the teachers and administrators who worked so hard to achieve the milestone of graduation in the face of odds most of us can't even imagine. God sees the shooter, who in a moment of desperation decided a gun was the best tool to resolve a conflict. God sees politicians and law enforcement officers desperate to find solutions and yet often blinded by their own assumptions and ambitions. God sees all of us living in communities too often divided by economics and race, religion and politics, backgrounds and experiences. God sees us wondering what to do and how to help, and whether it's even possible to overcome decades of intentional and unintentional injustices that have gotten us to where we are today. God sees it all. Psalm 33 says, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. But that does not mean that God only sees and cares for those people or countries that pledge allegiance to the God of the Bible. That phrase is a reference to the nation of Israel, which was considered then God's uniquely chosen people. But notice the psalmist immediately pivots to say that God sees and cares for all people, all humankind. God sees it all. God sees us all. And what the gospel of Jesus Christ reveals and promises to us is that when God sees us, it is not as an objective and uninterested observer. The good news of the gospel is that God comes to us. God enters into the messiness of life with us, joins us where we are, and invites us to participate in God's song, which is the sacred work of hope and trust, of justice and mercy, of love and healing. God sees us. God suffers with and for us. And God invites all of us to find a way forward through the darkness, even and especially after a week like the one we've just had. That way forward is a way of noticing and listening, especially to those whose experiences are different from our own. It's a way of discerning next steps and not reacting out of fear or anger. It's a way that extends compassion and builds peace. A way that enables us not just to be seen, but to see. To see the beauty in the world God creates and sustains. To see the possibility and potential in our fellow human beings. To wait with trust in the steadfast love of God and with hope that things are going to change around here. The same God who created the cosmos, everything that is from Jupiter's moons to the intricate workings of every cell in the human heart. That same God sees us and comes to us to be with us, to shower us with love and grace like music that surrounds us even in the darkness. May God's promise and presence find you today and every day. And may it fill you with awe and wonder, joy and hope. Amen.